Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Kane, too, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. All right, today, guys, I am joined in the studio by another really good friend of mine. I have a lot of good friends, uh, especially in ministry. And uh, this one is my, he's a former bandmate of the JRC band, yeah. the Glory Days. Yes. And um, he's, he's, uh, he's doing a lot of things now, and he's going to talk about what God is just doing in his life and his ministry um, and in his new church plant. So help me welcome my good friend, Matthew Hammerski. What's up, bro? Hey, man. Um, so it's good to be here, uh, first of all, and excited about what God is doing uh, through you and uh, Melissa and everything, everything that's been going on here at, at the church and everything like that. Um, and just excited to be here, man. Just a busy, busy season. Yeah, dude, it really is. Uh, you're all over the place. Like you're, um, you're like what, what Pastor uh, Stephen Furtick refers to as um, for, for T.D. Jakes. He says a slasher. <laughs> so like you're like pastor slash husband <laughs> slash like a hero to orphans, you know, like slash yeah, all this yeah. stuff, man. Um, so well, what do you guys, what do you have going on like right now? Like, um, so let's keep uh, you busy. Uh, so for starters, we, uh, we, we just started, uh, planning a church, uh, back in December was our first house meeting. So, uh, we felt the Lord put it on our hearts to plant a church back in my hometown area of Deer Park, kind of Pasadena area. So we've been, uh, working on that, uh, and it's been definitely keeping us busy. I'm also, uh, in a, uh, uh, rock band yeah. uh, so we, we just we released an album April 26th second album and so uh, finished all that recording for that and everything like that been playing shows and stuff like that uh, and then plus with the orphanage we actually welcomed 40 girls or for, uh, over 40 girls into our orphanage uh, so the first people the girls coming to the orphanage in Colombia oh, awesome. uh, right outside of Bogota in a town called Swacha so awesome so yeah uh, doing it all at once apparently yeah bro that's, that's <laughs> the only way to do it man like you know we only live once and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know so we should just pack it all in as, yeah, as much as we can. See what we can do. Thankfully, thankfully, I've got a, uh, a really supportive wife, yeah. uh, and she is uh, just a solid foundation for me, and uh, just a, a big time support. It always and helps. Man. Involved in every every arena, uh, you know, from from every angle, and so uh, yeah. So definitely, yeah. definitely wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for her. Um, they say behind every great man is a great wife. Yeah, right? so that's that's, that's true. true. That's very man, true. We used to hang out. Uh, I want to say like. All the time, like, yeah. Back in the day, we were doing, um, we were doing like youth camps and youth conventions, and we were kind of playing around the city, yeah. even around Texas, kind of doing some small tours. Yeah, yeah. And then we kind of broke up. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll blame it on the drummer. I, I never got the memo. It just, it just, <laughs> it just kind of disbanded. But Mario's yeah, I, bl- I blame Mario too. Uh, yeah. it's <laughs> we're just kidding, Mario. We love you. If you're listening, you're probably not even listening to this. You don't care about leadership. He doesn't care about us anymore. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, man, we used to hang out all the time because we would be playing together. It got to the point where like you show up um, to the church or wherever we would meet and we wouldn't even acknowledge each other. We would just be like, yeah, it's, there's Matt yeah. again. And um, like today... Like we, it was this big, warm, like hug and reunion. It just didn't feel right. Uh, Got to get back to that spot, man, where we're just seeing each other all the time. Yeah, so just acknowledge each other. Definitely, um, I, I can say that Matt has has really been a blessing. Like when we first met you, it was in the context of man, we need a bass player. Yeah, and you were such a huge blessing, man. 
especially when we would actually be out there playing because Matt Matt plays wirelessly. Are you still playing wirelessly? Oh yeah, yeah I I mean, you can't wires, go back, right? No. Yeah, so he, he's not strapped down to like a, you know a fifteen foot uh, a quarter inch cable. So and he's always front and center with me, and he's just working the the crowd, and and he even stage dived once and became like the Matt Hammerski band. And uh, but but man, glory days, right? Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you guys are playing. Um, you know, you're still playing around around the the city, the the state, the state, yeah. yeah, states. I mean, we're going to New York, New York soon, oh, Florida. Uh, I mean, we just played at South by Southwest. Uh, so yeah, I've been really busy. I still I still play wirelessly, uh, nice. except now it's rock and roll, so it's it's oh, yeah. full tilt entertainment. It's, yeah. Whereas worship, there was there was some levels of you know I just like to get kids excited. It wasn't you know, but obviously the ultimate goal is to you know really worship God. But um, yeah, in this it's it's more of an entertainment yeah. area, you know, which most of the music is is obviously we're talking about our faith and you know different situations going on in in, in our world today. But um, you know so ultimately does point back to, to Christ and I've been able to have a lot of meaningful conversations with people that don't know God at all I mean yeah. don't have a relationship with him and it's really been an open door in that way but it's also got a big entertainment factor oh, to yeah, it sure. you know we're, we're there to give people a good time and and, and right. you know have a memorable rock show pretty yeah. much yeah. yeah so it's a little different but yeah yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> um all right man well I, I want to kind of um just kind of talk a little bit about your your story maybe your upbringing how you kind of got started in in ministry um, for those who don't really know Matt Hammerski, which uh, it's probably just going to be a few because I think everyone knows who you are. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, what what got you started? Like, what what, what called you to the ministry? What, what would you say? Um, so I just, you know, I remember being, uh, you know, I grew up in church. Uh, grew up at a church called Calvary Chapel Assembly Assembly of God, mm. uh, and uh, you know, uh, so grew up grew up AG my whole life. Uh, my mom, you know, always made sure I was in church uh, every time the doors were open. I mean, I like to tell people I was basically birthed in the pew, uh, so that I, you know, I just pretty much arrived and started coming to church. Uh, I want to say, um, you know, starting in children's church, I had a really impactful children's pastor. Uh, that really challenged me, uh, took me along with him. He did a lot of outreaches and a lot mm -hmm. of like kind of run run down apartment complexes. And so we would do these uh, outreaches with uh, you know you know kids that had way less than I did. Yeah. And so that really I think impacted me early on, seeing that I could help people, uh, you know, no matter my age, no matter yeah, what it was. Sure. And so that really I think set me on a course of just wanting to help people, mm -hmm. uh, just in general. I didn't think at the time, I don't think I was like, oh, I'm called to ministry. Yeah. But I, in a way, you know, we're all called, right. uh, you know, to, to take care of the poor, to take care of the orphan, take care of the widow. Awesome. And so um, I think that kind of started that that course. And then eventually uh, around 12 years old, I remember looking at our church bass player. He's actually, a, he's a, he's he was an evangelist at the time, but he's a pastor now. His name uh, Brad DuBose. I think he pastors in Angleton. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's awesome, awesome, awesome man of God. But he... Um, Saw him playing the bass, and I thought, man, I want to play the bass. And, <laughs> and that was it. I uh, I babysitted my nieces for two weeks straight, saved up enough money to buy a knockoff Lotus bass and a little nice. practice amp. And before I knew it, I was in the youth band. And before I knew it, I was playing on Sunday mornings uh, with the help of, of Brad and couple little instructions and then they just let me go how, how old were you at that time when uh, you started playing at church I, I when i started playing at church i was 13 okay 13. i started playing on sunday mornings when i was 14 okay uh so they put me in the suit you know because everything was real you know <laughs> yeah, traditional yeah. then and and uh you know and of course i was playing you know the southern gospel the boom chow the so that stuff uh so it was pretty goofy the bass was much bigger than i was uh the suit was definitely a nice touch so 
yeah, so I think that just, um, you know, I grew up in a church culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and the church culture I grew up was, was, was very charismatic. Uh, you know, everybody was always, you know, that was, to me, I think in a way, um, you know, at, at this point that I am now, growing up in that environment always kind of made me a little skeptical sometimes. Because, you know, I met so many people that had emotional responses, but then, you know, going back to their life or going back to outside the church, nothing changed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it, that always kind of, I always struggled with that. Right, yeah. Like, well, you know, you come in here and you, you run around the pews, but yet you go home and you're still addicted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you're still you're still struggling with certain things that, you know, Christ has paid the freedom for, you know? And, yeah. And, and so that was always a, a struggle I had, I think, growing up in, in that culture. Uh, but at the same time, it was a huge blessing because, you know, I remember having these just powerful worship services where just encountering the presence of God a real, mm-hmm. in a real tangible way and uh, being able to just worship freely and stuff like that. Like that so i think that really shaped uh who i am now yeah you know but then it also gave me a different perspective of, of seeing some things and and you know not even realizing it at the time you know making relationships right. with people and and things like that that now are a huge blessing in my life that i had no idea then right, right. the implication it would have yeah now. yeah you, you, don't, you know you don't know what what god is doing until you see the the fruition of it yeah later uh, and then you were a youth pastor for a while yeah right? yeah yeah so yeah so then uh can you know with the story i uh i I, uh, I was actually planning on going to full cell school for audio oh, okay. and lighting, yeah. uh, and I was really into technical theater. I got a scholarship to do it for two years at, at the at the community college. <laughs> I was like, you know, I mean, you thought community college was cheap before? Imagine if you got a scholarship, <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. Uh, so that was me, uh, and uh, you know, but they had a good program, and so I was learning there. I was planning to go to full cell school, and uh, you know, just really um, uh, the current youth pastor I had at that point um, really just began to challenge me. And uh, I remember him telling me, like, hey, you know, I think God has more for you than this. Mm. And I feel like I've always known that. And I think, you know, even growing up, I could always hear the voice of the Lord. It was never, you know, always speaking to my heart, even as a young kid. You know, I just always felt, you know, I could feel him pulling on me and feeling him telling me that, hey, love on this person. Help this person. Give this person what you've got. You know, that kind of stuff. And never thinking of it. But I remember waking up a period of my life, I was like, I want to make money. You know what I mean? And so I was like, ministry and money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, like I'm like, nah, you know, especially being a youth pastor. Oh, yeah. Uh, But then I, you know, I just felt a calling, um, you know, to be a youth pastor. And I remember having a burden uh, you know, for, for, you know, my peers and, and the students, our youth ministry. So probably around, uh, 19 years old, I remember I accepted the call in the ministry that God had been calling me. Uh, and then interesting enough, as soon as I did literally that weekend, um, they thought my dad had lung cancer. Uh, yeah. So they found a spot on his lung. Uh, and then that weekend, my mother went into full heart failure. Uh, and so I, and I found out when I was on a trip going to do a tech job in Mm -hmm. Tennessee. And so I'm getting texts from my dad. Hey, you know, you know, there's a full heart failure. Wow. No point in coming home right now though. You can't do anything anyway. Just be praying. And I remember sitting in that, I was in a van, you know, crushed with some of my really good friends, mm-hmm. but we were all just kind of crushed together. And I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm helpless. I, I, can't, yeah, yeah. I can't help her. I can't do anything. Uh, and, you know, and I've always been very close to my mother. I'm a, I'm a mama's boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, I, um, I remember in that moment though, um, it was like almost I could hear the enemy speaking in my ear and telling me she's going to die. Wow. And, and just, you know, basically, are you sure you want to do this? She's going to die. And I remember thinking, yeah. Because I know my mother 
would want me to mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And and no matter what the cost is that she would want me to step at this. And then I began to just declare that, yeah. you know, I was like, bro, you, you ain't got no authority here in the name of Jesus. You right, know, I began right. to pray and declare healing over her. And, um, and she recovered. They, they said the odds weren't good, but now she's she's still around, functioning. Her heart's much healthier now. Uh, she went from, I think it was like 10% function to like 60% mm-hmm. over a week, which is like wow. unheard of. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously God intervened. But yeah, man, just from the start of it, it was a fight. Yeah, you know I, mean? Was- oh, yeah. I mean, looking looking from the outside in, it, it sounds like uh, it sounds like it was kind of a test in in that moment. Like, yeah, um, because a lot of people they, they will respond to a call when everything is nice, when everything is going great. Yeah, like, okay, I can I can make this work, and yeah. then something happens, and it's like, oh, actually, never mind, God, it's not going. <laughs> this is tough. It's not going well. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and so you stayed with it, and mm-hmm. that's um, that's a true testament to. Uh, I mean, what what a leader needs, you know what a leader needs to be. Um, now, and now, and I want to kind of get into this because you're, uh, you're planning a church yeah. and, um, is that, is that something that you felt called to like for, for, for a very long time or that kind of come later? So, um, just to kind of briefly go through, uh, you know, I became the assistant youth pastor at the church I'd always grown up in. Uh, and then I basically, uh, I met a guy, uh, named, uh, Mike Rosas, Incredible uh, awesome minister, chaplain yeah. in the Houston Rockets, you know, incredible dude, a great mentor in my life now. Uh, but he got me my first youth pastor job on my own uh, at this this small little church in Deer Park. And, um, you know, so when we got there, um, uh, you know, it was incredible. I knew nothing about pastoring, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tell people I could talk good, you know what I mean? Like I could talk <laughs> real good and, you know, I make people laugh and, and stuff like that. But I, I didn't know anything about pastoring. I didn't know there was so much to the side of it. I didn't know that a, a lead pastor would take advantage of me. A senior pastor mm-hmm. would take advantage of me. I didn't know how much of a business aspect there was. Yeah. Uh, how, ma- sure. how many, how many, the, the political side of oh, things that can be in certain churches. Uh, so I had a very rude awakening, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, the ministry side of it, we started, we had seven kids, and in two months, we went from seven to 80 uh, wow. of just, eventually we were running more in our youth group than they ran on Sunday mm-hmm. mornings, and which caused a little tension between yeah. me okay. <laughs> and, the, and the senior pastor. And again, not experiencing this before, I didn't know. I thought everyone would be for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I didn't think somebody would be looking at me as competition, Right. In my own church. Well, you would like to think that everyone is like, <laughs> yeah. you know, kingdom minded. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, we're for the kingdom. <laughs> I tell people all the time, you know, pastors are all about the kingdom until you mess with their church members or their money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, oh, it preach. becomes their kingdom real quick. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so all of that happened and it just all, we ended up having to leave and it just all fell apart. Uh, the, the pastor later on got fired themselves from the church. Uh, so it was just a big a big drama kind of thing. Yeah. I came back to the church that I grew up in. Eventually, my youth pastor stepped down and basically handed me uh, the youth, full-time youth pastor job there. Uh, and so I took over there, and we had a very um, successful uh, bus ministry that our children's, the children's pastor that actually, you know, was my children's pastor, came yeah. back, started his bus ministry again, and we were able to work together, which was cool. Yeah. It was a very cool dynamic. Uh, and then uh, the bus ministry exploded. I mean, we were running a well over 100 kids that didn't like to wear deodorant. Uh, <laughs> so you can imagine we met in a little room. You've been, you were yeah, in there, was there before. Yeah. You've been in there before. Yeah. Uh, it smells like a foot permanently. <laughs> um, but man, it, you know, Life was great. I mean, like we were in the center of God's will. My yeah. marriage was great. Um, you know, everything was just so good, uh, and uh, things were growing and exploding. You know, and and we just felt great. You yeah. know, and I was walking in a mall, and I remember this specifically because I walked past the Cinnabon, 
you know the uh, and you, you, you <laughs> hear the smell. smell. It. Yeah, it's just like, and I remember the memory because I remember the smell of cinnamon. Uh-huh. I remember thinking like mm, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> and I'm walking past, and uh, God speaks to me in that moment. I'm walking. I remember seeing journeys right here on my right. It was Baybrook Mall, and I walk past the cinnamon and I see the journeys. And then I remember God speaking to me, and He said, "What would you say if I told you to plant a church?" And I was like, no way. <laughs> like, I'm a youth pastor. Yeah. Like, there is, I do not want that responsibility. I don't want any of that. And But then I, I remember thinking about it, and I'm like, well, I mean, God, if that's what you want, though, you know, if that's your will, mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. of course, whatever you want. <clears throat> and then I made the mistake of coming home and telling my wife about the encounter. Oh, man. And, okay. yeah, she was like, no, oh, no man. way, absolutely not. No, 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 no. And she's like, I will never be a senior pastor's wife. I will never be that person. I can't be that person. That's not who I am. You know, and, and she was. She was comparing herself to other lead pastors. Sure. Like, great women did great things, but that wasn't her. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so she thought, I have to be this person right. that I'm not. So immediately she shot it down and it was like, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, you know, yeah, who knows? Maybe I didn't hear the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of like, like, just really regretted even bringing it up to her. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and then from there, man, it just, um, it, it just turned into, you know, I became an associate pastor for two years at the church I was recently at, a gateway underneath uh, my mentor, Mike, which was an incredible mm-hmm. uh, time of serving. And then from there, he really identified what I kind of already knew, which was that, hey, man, you need to plant a church. Yeah. And it just slowly became my desire to be a youth pastor kind of left me. It was yeah. a really kind of slow fade. It was really a two-year thing. Yeah, that's how and we transitioned for a very long time because, you know, I loved our students so mm-hmm. much. And I still do. I love student ministry. I still get invited to go speak at, you know, student conference stuff or camps or things like that. And it's always a blessing yeah. uh, to be able to talk to youth because, you know, that was my first, right, right. you know, real passion. But coming into it, I don't think, I, I know I was called to minister, but I think I was always called just to minister. Yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily just to youth. But I, that's just where I started. Yeah. You know, but it's never, I didn't go in with a plan that I'm going to work my way up. Sure. You know, it just, that's what it transformed yeah. into. And then at this point, uh, you know, we had the, the vision to plant this church uh, with the good support of, of Mike and other, other, you know, mighty men of God. Doug Stringer gave me a word yeah. confirming it, except he moved up the timeline by a year. Uh, so I was <laughs> thanks, like, Doug. thanks, thanks, Doug. Uh, and so uh, we met in December, though, of 2018. We had over 60 adults show up. Uh, good friends of mine, you know, again, I grew up in the area, so I had a lot of friends show up, uh, you know, and they had a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah. there was, you know, it was already a church. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, so we just started meeting. I, I began praying about it and I was like, God, okay, what do we need to do? We had our, you know, interest meeting and, <laughs> and all this stuff. And, and, uh, I was like, you know, trying to follow the rules. And, uh, and then I remember praying to God and I was thinking, okay, well, this is what I need to do next. This is what I, and I remember God interrupting my whole planning and he was like, just meet. Just mm-hmm. meet, just just meet. Yeah, you know, just worship me. Just meet, you know. Yeah. And so that's what we started doing. And uh, now we we have a space that we we found. We're we're uh, having our preview service this coming Sunday, April fourteenth, nice. uh, Palm Sunday, and yeah. then our official launches on Easter. Dude. So awesome. we, uh, yeah, needless to say, it, it. I'm at this point. I started pushing it, and it's like I didn't realize it was on a slope. So now I'm holding on for yeah, like yeah. dear life and just just yeah. rolling down the hill. <laughs> so there it is. And the name of the church is Risen Nation. Yeah, right. That's that's a that's a cool name. What's the what's the meaning behind that? So um, you know uh, that that scripture. You know we're a royal priesthood. Uh, you know holy yeah. people. You know chosen. I I for when I read that for the longest time, what really came to mind was we're alive. You know we're different. 
um, we're you know we're we're no longer dead in our sins, yeah. but we're alive. So I think as a as a church, you know, I would say we're a risen nation. Awesome. Because one thing, well, a word that God gave our uh, ministries, you know, Lovebot and all these other ministries I'm involved with, was to start thinking as a nation, sure. not as a ministry, as a nation. How would a nation move? How would a nation set up finances? How would a nation do these yeah, things? Yeah. You do it like that, awesome. and so that really kind of bled into that and uh you know i just thought you know we need to move as a nation yeah we're a church but i want to be a risen nation i want to be people that you can tell people you know that are part of this thing yeah you know what i mean there there's this life to them uh you know there's this love to them that just you know just like the the word of god tells us that you know they'll know us by our love for one another and that was the big i think foundation of the church is what i told people was you know i don't want to serve in a church where people don't love one another yeah because i've been there and it, it it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you hurt. You end up hurting people, man, and giving giving uh, uh, people a bad taste of of Christians. Yeah. And and even Jesus because they they associate the two. Yeah. Um, more often than they probably should because we're so imperfect. Yeah. Um, but you know, as Christians, we need to you know obviously. Yeah. I mean, we're called to represent Christ. Right. Exactly. Or, or, or the thing of represent Christ. Yeah. Of, of presenting what does love look like? You know, what does loving your enemies look like? Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that I think really kind of all of that, in my, my mind's kind of a scary place, but all of these things <laughs> morph together to yeah. become this phrase of risen nation. I remember I was sitting there with Sydney, uh, my wife, and, and I was like, what about risen nation? And I remember as soon as I said it, as soon as I heard it come out of my mouth, I was like, that's it. And, and, and she looked at me and she was just like, you know, like mm-hmm. yes, yeah. <laughs> and and I remember telling um, my good buddy David, who does our designs for us, uh, he, uh, and he. Uh, I remember as soon as I told him, he was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. and he immediately started making these just crazy emojis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> he immediately started. You know, he's like, "Dude, you can go in so many directions with this, <laughs> the branding, the you know." And so I was just like, "Well, that's awesome, man!" But it, it was the name behind that. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, I you know, I, obviously it's a church, <clears throat> but I want it to be. Looked at as a ministry uh, that is impacting the community um, in more ways than just meeting on a Sunday mm-hmm, morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I think the ultimate vision behind it is um, we ultimately want to buy land, we want to buy a building, and we sure. want to create a community center. So we want to create a center that's open during the week to the public, yeah. uh, as well as building like a coffee shop, bakery that employs single mothers, widows. Uh, those kind of the practical ways that we awesome. can take care of people like yeah, the yeah. Bible tells us to, but using it in a model that, you know, we can actually apply sure. and help a lot of people right. while also bringing a great coffee shop and yeah, bakery. Yeah. Um, you know, for those that aren't aware, uh, my wife owns her own custom cookie company called Okie Dokie. And, uh, she's so talented. Man. Yeah. She's, um, she's the bomb. That was a shameless plug right there. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, we, we really though want to establish something that it's engaging the culture, engaging the community on every front, uh, mm-hmm. because we believe the church belongs yeah. in every arena. Uh, we don't think it's just to one side. Yeah. We think it belongs to right. every, you know, the seven spheres. Like we, we believe that, that that's where we belong. Yeah. And um, so we actually want to do that. And not only that, but being an empowerment community, but to other churches. Because right. um, I have, you know, I have nothing against another church. I'm not here to compete with another sure. church. I'm I'm establishing a completing ministry, not a competing one. Right. And yeah. so that is really our desire and the vision of the whole thing. It's just yeah. to really, I think one of the questions that God asked me that really um, kind of disturbed me a little bit, uh, you know, and God will do that. I mean, you, you know, I'm sure yes. I've experienced plenty of, plenty of that. Um, but he, um, he asked me if, um, if, you know, my church disappeared with a community notice. Mm. So, Oh, that's a great that's a great question that every every yeah. pastor should be asking themselves. <laughs> would they notice? Yeah, like would they really be impacted? 
you know, would they drive by and think, oh, man, I wish they were still here. Right. Like, oh, the things they provided, man, this, the things they did, I just wish they were still. Or would they just be like, oh, look, there's another one. It's, right. It's all good. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, that that really challenged me. And, and so we want to be a church that um, that the community would sorely miss. Sure. Absolutely. If, they were, to, if it were to go That's away. really important. And yep. that, that name, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, man, don't, don't be afraid to change the name if you have to. Um, because you know your name is your identity. Yeah. Um, it's it's who you want to be um, associated with, or um, you know uh, the things that you want to be associated with. And so, like right now, I was talking to you earlier that we're we're kind of in the process of of trying to change our name. Yeah. And it's difficult when you're you've you've had yes. the same name for like eighty years. Yes. And um, <laughs> but you know you have to ask yourself why. You know what's what's the What's the point of having the same name? Just because this is the way that we've always done it, I don't think yeah. it's a great reason to have, to do anything. No. Um, and so I feel like God is constantly giving you know new, fresh vision, and um, the name really definitely speaks a lot to yeah you know, who 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 uh, the church's identity is yeah. And um, so like you know if, if you're in that place right now, like you're you're a pastor, and you know hey this is this has been the church name forever, and we're kind of doing things the same way. Um, you know times change. Yeah. Um, yeah. Different different methods, but same message, right? Amen. Yeah. Um, and dude, you're you're definitely speaking my language when when you were talking about your calling to pastorship. Um, I, I had the same experience um, where God, he kind of just played with the idea with me. And that's kind of how he that's how he just kind of like whispers, "Hey, like, uh, what do you think about being the pastor?" And I'll say same thing, like, "No, like, absolutely no, not." Platinum recording artist, right? Yeah, yeah. This, this that's not what I want for my life. And and um, and then you, and then. God kind of when he, when he plants that seed, it, it starts to grow a little bit. He yeah. marinates it, and and, yeah. and you start thinking to yourself, well, maybe like it, it becomes your desire, yeah. and that's 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 what I love uh, when God places the desires in your heart. They're they're never your initial desires, but yeah. they become your desires. Yeah. Um. And so same same story. I I got home one day and I t- I told Melissa, um, I said, babe, I think I need to be, I think God's calling me to. To pastorship, and she was like, uh, "I don't think so." Or she's like, "You, you, <laughs> you misheard." <laughs> she's like, "You're doing all <laughs> you misheard." Yeah, you're doing all these things. You, you you've got this business. You're you're in school, and you're trying. I mean, you know, you have all these dreams, and and you want to be the pastor right now. And the same thing. Like she she didn't see herself as a as yeah. a pastor's wife, and I didn't see myself as a pastor, right? Yeah. And even when I stepped into the role of of um, the English pastor before I became the lead pastor here, I, I was kind of kind of the same way as you. I, I was I felt like I was I was a good speaker. Like man, I could I could preach and, and mm-hmm. people they're gonna say amen and they're gonna respond. But pastorship is is so much more yeah. than that. And um, I was I was I, I tell this to my congregation too. Like one of the main reasons I didn't want to be a pastor was because I didn't. I didn't care about people's problems. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I don't, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like when people would come up to me and they would they would tell me their issues, like my 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 biggest response would be like, "Dude, that sucks." Oh, dude, you know, like so I, that, that's sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Like I couldn't go any any deeper than that. And so God, obviously, He began gave, giving me uh, some more compassion and kindness and stuff, empathy. Um, yeah. all, all those are characteristics of a <clears throat> of a pastor. Um, but cool, man. I, I want to kind of transition here a little bit because um, I want to talk about some of the the strategies that you guys are employing as a church plant um, it seems I've I've always kind of seen like the pros and cons mm-hmm. um, um, 
when comparing, you know, taking taking over the role of a pastor of an established church like like I did, yeah. and planning your own church, yeah. Um, and in my eyes, because I'm I'm not in the I'm not in your shoes, yeah. But I see it like, man, um, if I if I was planning my own church, I would be able to start from scratch. I wouldn't have to, you know, care about these, you know, decade long <laughs> institutions that I have to like preserve in here because that my dad set up right. right. <laughs> uh, and, and so. You know that that's kind of been when I look at at church plants. That's that's what I think. Like, oh man, they're they got it made. But I'm sure there's so many more challenges there on its own that I'm probably not even uh, completely aware of. So that's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, yeah. So I mean, I've had a I've had experience in kind of both uh, as far yeah. as like I haven't been the lead pastor, but you know, coming into a church with a new lead pastor, being part of a new team, mm-hmm. and really trying to shift the culture that was there yeah. is one of the toughest things I think I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but but you can do it. I know you can. Uh, but no, it, it, but it, it just it became clear to me, and God was really showing me in those moments you know, he was teaching me something and it was that I don't want you to do it like this. I don't want you to do it like that. And you can't do it like this. I want you to start from the ground up, yeah, the foundation. And, uh, you know, and I think that's, that's the problem in a lot of our churches here in America is, you know, something happens. Uh, you know, I always tell people that I, um, I, I'm really bad at algebra. Like I, I was terrible at it. I don't know how I passed it. I did. I managed to do really well on the final test. Don't know how that worked. The grace of God. Jesus. Uh, yeah. And, but I used to have the biggest trouble solving for X. And so, you know, I literally, I would do entire worksheets where I would think X was three and I was so confident in all the work and I did all the stuff and get the blah, blah, blah all, and get the answer. And I remember I completely fail it. And I was like, what? Like, I felt so confident. You know, that was the problem is I handed in like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the teacher came back to me and she was like, she write on the thing on it and X is four. <laughs> and I was like, one number. I was one off. Yeah. But it ruined everything. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so, you know, I think in the foundation, sometimes as churches, you know, we have to look, what was laid in our foundation? You know, did we establish doctrine that's not biblical? Yeah. Did we, do we make new rules because of hurt? Right. Do we make doctrine out of hurt? Do we make these rules because somebody dropped a ball on us at one point, so we changed how we do things, mm-hmm. or somebody, you know? And then from that, that number changed just slightly, but yeah. yet the line itself. Once you go further and further down the road, all of a sudden you're over here and the Bible's here. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like you know, and obviously people can't see this, but you know, picture a line skewing over another line. But um, so for me, changing a church from the inside is difficult planning a church you're right you get to start out exactly the foundation you want so that is a pro Mm -hmm. con you don't have a building sure you don't have you don't have people (laughs) you know you don't have have funds (laughs) you know you don't have anything yeah you have a vision sure uh and so from that point i think it's it's one taking the step of knowing you're called uh and begin presenting that vision um me personally i didn't think anybody would show up we put it out on Facebook. We didn't do any marketing. We just said, hey, we're having this meeting. <laughs> you know, and, and I approached some people personally that I wanted, that got it highlighted to me to be in leadership. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, everyone said yes. Nobody turned me down. So, yeah, Holy Spirit was right on with that. Yeah. Um, like he always is. It's usually just me mishearing right, right. it. <laughs> so, uh, I um, once we got it started, though, and the people responded, I was like, man, that's amazing. Uh, so, I, I, I think, but at the same time, the challenge is, again, we had to find a space. You know, it's constantly, now we have a space, but at the same yeah. point, th- there for a couple months, I mean, I was straight up panicking. Like, I was like, we're going to lose this momentum, we're going to, you, you yeah, know, yeah. and there's all these stresses, too, because, you know, there's, you know, there's all these new church plants popping up, you know, and organizations yeah. really empowering, which is great, but at the same time, it's like, well, this is how it needs to look, and it's like, if yours doesn't look like that, mm-hmm. then, oh, maybe you're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. 
And, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's yeah. this pressure of being like, I've got to, I've got to deliver, I've got to deliver, instead of understanding that it's God who called you, and it's God who's going to make the way, That's and right. trusting in That's Him, right. you know, and allowing Him to lead it. You know, obviously we got to be proactive, we got to move out in faith, but at the same time, it's not dependent on me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's He's doing it. I'm just walking the path that He's laid yeah. out for me, and. You know, so I think as a church plant, there are those difficulties, no funding, you know, you don't just have funding already saved up. You don't, you know, coming into a church that's already established more than likely, uh, if it was stewarded well, you'll have money in the bank. Mm -hmm. You've got good lines of credit. You know, you've got all sorts of things already happening for you. You're already established. uh, You know, people already know who you are, already having a building after setting up one time. And mind you, the space we're in is a huge blessing. They already have chairs and projectors yeah. and a screen. So that's a lot of time right there. Yeah. The chairs are time consuming and they require you have a huge trailer. So all we're bringing in is audio and lighting and like, you know, different materials for children's ministry. Also, even after that one week of setting up, I was like, wow, we're going to have to do this every single week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I can't even imagine the ones doing it where they were loading in all the chairs. Literally, literally like from scratch, like n- there's nothing there. There's yeah. nothing there, you know, but we thankfully already have, there's a stage which we extended that's, out that's with good. some platforms, you know, different things like that. But, you know, the space is extremely conducive, much more than in, most people are in, I guarantee it. But at the same time, it's still a lot of work. Yeah. And the the cool, it's like a catch 22. The good thing and the bad thing is you need people to help you set up. So it empowers them and makes them feel apart. Yeah, yeah. You know, people really yeah, feel like ownership. Right. this is what yeah. I'm doing. We need to be there. We got to set this thing up. You know, they feel very a part of it. So it helps you empower more people at one time. And then the bad side of it is you need people <laughs> so you <gotta laughs> to, to show up. You know, so that's that's really the, uh, you know, you can't just show up at a service time. You know, we, yeah. our service is at 11 a.m., which most people would be like, oh, that's awesome. You know, show up at 11. Yeah. Great. You know, and but. You know, for most of them, no, you, you got to get here at eight <laughs> like, and I'm here at seven, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so unloading a trailer, you know, so that, that is, I think probably the roughest part, um, you know, but, uh, it, you know, in his building a leadership team, yeah. I think that's, that's so essential. That's Some, sometimes people really try to go in it and they don't have enough help and they'll figure out real quickly yeah. that it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like it won't last. You got to have help and you got to have a team that believes in the vision that they take ownership of it. Like you're saying, and, and, uh, really move forward with it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like if God gave you the vision, all you have to do is share it. And, and yeah. God's going to send you, send you the right people. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't share the vision enough and that's yeah. kind of where they, um, it's true. you know, that's kind of where they, they mess up because they, they don't get the help that they need. Um, so yeah, I mean, def- I, I definitely, those were the challenges that I, I always saw, like you don't have, <laughs> You don't have a building, you know, I mean, you don't have anything, you know, yeah. um, but it, it's good that you're able to, you know, begin from scratch and, and build your own culture and, and your own leadership team. And you don't have to worry about, you know, the way that things, you know, were, were before because there was, there was no before, you know, yeah. this is, this is it. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's awesome, man. I'm, uh, there's, there's a little bit of, uh, um, uh, there's a little, a little bit of jealousy that I, that I have, uh, and I probably shouldn't say that, but you know, <laughs> you know, there's a little hey, bit man, of jealousy get, when get it out there. <laughs> yeah, when, when, I'm, when I'm looking at you know people that are planning new churches, because here at our church, you know, we're we're kind of like like you said, we're really shifting culture. Yeah, and we're having to kind of uproot some things, some institutions, and it's tough. Man. And um, one thing that I told that my church um, when when they elected me as pastor, because I had seen this done with with my dad when he became the pastor. Mm-hmm. Everyone was comparing him to the last pastor. Yeah, right. And that's that's usually how. That's usually how it goes. So I, I just set it up front, like, hey, 
I'm not my dad, you know, yeah. um, but God doesn't, God didn't call me to be a different version of my dad. He called me to be the original version of myself. Oh. And, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, same thing, same thing with church plants. Like I think we're oftentimes we're trying to replicate something else and we're comparing ourselves to, you know, Hope City um, or, uh, you know, New Life or wh- whoever. Yeah. And we're trying to, we're trying to implement some of their models and what they're doing and, and some of that's good you know we, yeah. we, we want to be able to look at what's working um but you don't want to replicate the exact same thing uh, of something else yeah i one of i think one of the biggest issues i've had and one of the ways that we're taking this church is you know we totally believe we're a a, a zip code church mm. you know what i mean we're, we're here to minister to the area that god has called us to uh, and so, you know, even in experiencing growth, if we experience amazing growth, that's awesome. But at the same time, like I've even told our leadership and our staff, like, I don't want to plant another campus. Mm-hmm. Like I have no desire to plant another campus. Like I'm not that guy that's thinking like, yeah, then as soon as we grow, we're going to plant a campus here. Mm-hmm. We're going to plant a mm-hmm. campus there. We're going to plant nothing. Look, I'm not against that. I'm not against sure. you telling people, you know, spreading the gospel more. That's awesome. But at the same time, I'm like, surely, surely there is somebody yeah. with a calling <laughs> that we can raise up, that we can empower and we can say, Hey, you know what? We, we've got all this growth. We've got a lot of people coming from this area. We've got, you know, there's a lot of things happening here. They need it. Do you have a passion for this zip code? Yeah. Because if you do, I'm willing to empower you right now, walk through this with you, help you plant this church and get it going. And then there you go. You yes. know, we'll, we'll be here together, but I don't, I don't have control over it. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to, you know, you're going to follow the vision the Holy Spirit has given yeah. you for that area. Well, that's our job is making disciples, yeah. right? Amen. And that, that's what I want, you know, here. I, I want us to be able to send out missionaries, church planners, pastors. Yeah. I think, I think the problem a lot of churches have is like, it's 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 kind of my kingdom. Like if and, and if I if I send you out as a as a as a church plant, well, you can't touch the leadership here. You can't touch our members here. Like okay, you can go over there, but like you know, yeah. worry about yourself. And um, that that kind of creates you know a, a burden for those that we're trying to send out. We're not giving them yeah. kind of resources. So yeah. I think we need you know there's that there's that um, mindset shift that we need to kind of yeah. Uh, I, well, and I think too is like you know. I, I mean, and organizations are great. Don't get me wrong. And, and we're, you know, part of one ourselves that's, uh, you know, bringing accountability. I love accountability. I love wisdom. Mm-hmm. Multiple counselors all around my life that are yeah. much smarter than you I am, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. I just, I don't like to see a process of where people come in, everybody looking different. And by the time they come out, they all look exactly the same. Yeah. Because you lose your uniqueness. Yeah, yeah. You know, because everybody's trying to emulate this pastor, this speaker, this person. And yeah, that's great. They're doing a great, they're being them and they're getting great results. That's awesome. But at the same time, God called you to be you, just like what you said. Right. You know, this area needs John Ryan Cantu to be him, you know, to, to reach sure. this area that he knows that he's been around his whole life, you know, understanding the culture, understanding the people, you know, they need you to be you. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to be somebody else, you know, if you're trying to be the Stephen Furtick or the right, right. whoever, you know, great speaker, name them, there's plenty of them, you know, but this isn't, this isn't where they live, you know. Yeah this culture is different. Right. Uh, I mean, the culture between Pasadena and Deer Park are starkly different. You know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, there's just a different culture. So it's really tapping into that and understanding that we are a unique um, niche, you know, sure. for this area. I mean, you look at millennials. I mean, we're both millennials. Yeah. Uh, but you look at the millennials, you know, generation coming up, there's so many complaints about them. But one of the things um, I find interesting is that you see companies now, like <clears throat> millennials are into niche things. They're into unique things. Yeah. Uh, like, like me and you both can attest to this. We like unique stuff that nobody has. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we see something, even instruments and gear, we're like, ooh, nobody's got that. Right. You know, like, <laughs> I want it. Uh, and so we see these things. But, like, if you look at this, uh, all the coffee shops that have popped up, example one, um, 
Toot Sweet, sure. all these places, you know, these different coffee shops, uh, uh, cafes, uh, all these spots that are like uh, thriving. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago in a Starbucks economy, they would not make it. Yeah, yeah. But now you've got millennials who have money and who say, this is my coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this space. Perfect. It's unique That's to good. me. You know, but like, so I'm tired of the mass produced thing. Yeah, yeah. So this is, so if that's where it's shifting in business and people in marketing already understand this because marketing, you want to be 10 years down the road and ready to sell somebody mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So if you you do that, we see the trend now. McDonald's is making artisan burgers. Yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pizza Hut, you know, or uh, Domino's has specialty artisan pizzas. Yeah. Dominoes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because they see the trend, right, right. And I think we as the church, we need to wake up and see that this is where it's going. Yeah. These kids are going to want unique spaces. They're going to want things that are unique to them, yeah. uh, you know. And so this generation coming through is this is my church. Yes, you know this is unique to me. Um, um, so that that to me is is when we're talking about this kind of stuff. Absolutely, that's what I'm, I'm kind of passionate about. Yeah, no, seeing. for sure. And I can I can speak to that. Like um, Melissa and I, we're, we're looking to, uh, next year to buy our like our, our home home, um, our 10 year home. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hey, what are y'all, y'all been like flipping homes or you well, know. we've been flipping homes, but, um, yeah, we're, we're looking to buy like nice. our, our home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we've been kind of looking at, you know, both like newer houses and, and older houses. And so we go through, we, we go to like some of these open houses of these newer, um, neighborhoods and I, I'm thinking man, they're, they're nice, but they all look the same. Like this house looks like the house right next to it. And it's like, I mean, and that's, that's the way that, that, that they're producing these homes these yeah. days, you know, these developments. And then I, and then I go to look at like a home, like from the sixties the or, or the seventies. And I'm like, dude, this house has so much Dope, character. Yeah. It's like so unique. Like there's no other one like it. Yeah. And, and so that's like, like, like what you're saying. That's, that's what I, I desire most like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want this other house that you know it was built in 2019 but it looks just like every other one on the block yeah um so i don't think that we should be streamlining church plants right yeah um we should have you know we should have our, our processes in place but we should look to be uh, unique and have our own identity yeah and our own dna um i think that's that's really really important and really good what you're saying, man, Pastor Matt, I got to visit your church, man. Get, get inspired. Man, I, no, bro, no. I just, you know, and a lot of this, you know, there's a guy, there's a guy that I've been reading lately, uh, but I also saw him at a conference, uh, uh, and his name was uh, Leonard Sweet, uh, and he calls himself a futurist, and a dude is a theologian, super deep thinker, mm-hmm. but some of the stuff he was bringing up, he started talking about, you know, how millennials think, and I remember as soon as he was talking about it, I was like, that's how I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh my, you know, like, but the way we see things in pictures, you know, and it was amazing how he described it. He's like, millennials love to take um, an image, a graphic, you know, and he's like, and then they build a soundtrack to it. Uh-huh. He's like, and then they play it in their head and they, they think of all the possibilities. And I was like, I thought I was crazy. Like, <laughs> like literally I do that all the time. Yeah. Like even with the church, like I built a soundtrack and I've got the songs and I've got the yeah. graphic and the, you know, and everything <laughs> like that. Cause it's really very visual. Mm-hmm. Everything's very creative, you know? Yeah, and and yeah. it's like, but that's the thing. It's just like you're saying, we want a unique spot. We want to, you know, I think the church has to start looking at that and seeing that, you know, millennials, they're not going to be looking for, you know, come 10 years down the road, they're not going to be looking for the mass produced McDonald's. Yeah. 
you know, they're going to be looking for that special little burger shop. Right. You know, that's really their their jam. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. And, and really connects with them. So, uh, you know, I, I just. That's funny, man. I, oh, <laughs> Melissa and I are, are always looking for like our spot. Like, yeah. This is our spot. Like yes. no one else knows about it. Yes. It's like, it's in our zip code. Like mm-hmm. if, if you want to come over here, you have to drive. You know, we live up way, way up north. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's <laughs> always looking for, you know, that, that thing that um, no one else has. Yeah. And, and so churches, you know, we should be able to. Um, provide that because there's there's so much need and and um, so many ways that we can reach people that are going to be different from you know the next the next person yeah right? um, so and they yeah, should be yeah absolutely um, all right I, I have just I think a couple more questions yeah. here man and um, I wanted to ask you this one and I don't I don't know that this no actually it is on the email um, I want to ask you because I've I've heard this from people before mm. and by the way like there's a few people that I know uh, you, you know George Carabao he's planning his, his, mm. his own church and, yeah, yeah. and um, another guy that um, that I had here on the podcast he's planning a church my forever so, church yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Milton um, so there, there's gotta be some type of criticism that you guys you guys yeah you guys <laughs> y- y'all maybe get um, from people asking like why why does the city need another church like there's so many churches like you can literally drive probably like a mile you know north and you'll find another church yeah um so and i used to think like this mm-hmm. i used to think like dude like africa needs churches you know um amen all these you know <laughs> afghanistan uh, you know uh iraq all these all these places need churches um but the u.s like man we we have we have, we're home to like the biggest, you know. We have the we have Lakewood, you know. Yeah. We have all these thriving churches. Um, why do we need another one? And and I I thought about that very long and hard, you know, a few years ago, and I came up with with my answer. Um, but I, I'm just curious to see how you would respond to that. Um, well, I mean, from a statistical standpoint, we're still in a place where more churches in the U.S. are closing than they are Absolutely, opening. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. So that's one thing to understand. The other thing in Houston, particularly, is Houston is growing like crazy and it's projected to grow even more so you're talking to more people coming in so obviously you're looking at more variety of churches more churches available uh, and again i say this i say this very carefully because i'm not at all i'm not picking out churches i'm not saying this church or that church yeah. is this but i think there are plenty of churches that honestly aren't life-giving mm. so they're not giving to the community mm-hmm. The, the, they're the church when I talk about it, if your church disappeared and the community wouldn't notice there's plenty of them yes um, so when I when I, I personally feel like if you have a vision and God has called you really called you uh, really called you to lead a church you know what I mean not not that just because that's the other problem we've kind of run into I think nowadays there's a new problem and it's because we have this system that does work it produces results uh, there's more and more people that are like well I'll just plant a church yeah and it's like like, yeah, yeah, just you know, instead of instead of uh, instead of really feeling a burden, sure, and saying, "Man, I'm called." Like the way I look at planning a church, honestly, there's plenty of other things I'd rather do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be real with you. There's plenty of things I'd rather do, and they probably make me way more money. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's plenty of things I'd rather do, but this thing I have to do. Yeah, I can't not. Right. Like I literally, it will. I I can't. I can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that is God. That is yeah. God saying, this is what you're called to do, and nothing else will fulfill you. Nothing else will work. You have to do this. Yes. And so that's a calling. So when, you know, I think one of the questions you asked me, is it a calling or is it a choosing? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, kind of thing. Or I, that's what I would say. Is it a calling? It's not a choosing. Right. You better Absolutely. be called yeah. because there's things that are going to come your way that if you're not, you won't stand. Yeah. 
you'll, you'll leave it. Uh, and you do, you see that pastors walking away from churches. I've heard plenty of stories of pastors on Sunday morning, just being like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. And just walking out and never seeing them again. Yeah. And you know, they went, they moved to somewhere else, you know, or, or, you know, scandals or all sorts of things. And, you know, I think it comes to the fact of being called mm-hmm. and Absolutely. really having a vision. So I, again, church plants, I think they're important. And me personally, when I see a new church planning, you know, at the very least, there's a there's a statistic out there that most first time salvations are now happening in new churches mm-hmm. and new church plants. So at the very least, even if they're around for a year, you're looking at several salvations happening yeah. in that church. So to me, I'm like, dude, even if we put on this big thing for a year and people get saved and truly changed, it was worth yeah, it. So worth it totally worth it. And, and so, you know, in my mind, like I said, a completing ministry, I get excited that the name of Jesus is being preached more. Mm-hmm. And I think people that are very critical of that, you might have to look at them and say, are you afraid of the competition? Is that yeah. what you think this is yeah. going to be? That it's competition? Because there's more than enough people. Let's be real. I mean, there's like Deer Park alone, the population of Deer Park. If just Deer Park alone, everyone got saved tomorrow, we wouldn't have enough churches in the Southeast area to disciple all of them. Mm-hmm. You're talking of close to 40,000 people. Wow. So that's just Deer Park. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) There are plenty of people. (laughs) So that's not the thing. The problem is, is when you get in the churches that are like, ooh, I want you and you should come here for me, you know, this kind of thing. You know, I'm fine with people feel called to go serve in leadership of church. Maybe they're not a leadership here, but they're leadership. They feel called and, you know, everyone agrees and, you know, the Lord is calling them. Then sure, totally. But at the same time, there's plenty of lost people out there that don't have a church. There are plenty of people that don't attend a church regularly. They go on Easter, they go on Christmas, you know, and they're, they're looking for something. And so I think, in that aspect, no, I don't think we have enough churches. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, and, uh, statistically speaking, no. Uh, you know, I think I saw a statistic actually George Cabile posted, um, you know, that I've kind of always had a feeling of, but I didn't know to put an exact number to mm-hmm. it. And it was like literally in Houston, there are more spots that people are trafficked, sex trafficked, yes, yes. than there are Starbucks in Houston. <laughs> so <laughs> that, again, the need is real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That there needs, there needs to be more. But I think at the same time, the church is already existing and the new churches coming up need to look to establish networks in their mm-hmm. community yeah. with the churches. Yeah. Not, you know, oh, here, because we've already encountered that. People being like, you know, just yeah. just looking at us like, no, you, you just sense they're like, oh, that's great, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. It's just like, oh, okay, just tell me you'd rather me not, you yeah, know, like yeah. instead of you know, but you just get because they they look at it as competition, right. even though that's not what we're establishing. We're not looking to establish something as competition, yeah. but at the same time, if you're across the way, you know, and you're looking at a different angle, oh, great, you mm-hmm. know, like people are gonna go there now, and we right. want people here, and we, yeah. you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so, in a very long long answer yes i think i think church plants are needed and i i don't think um you know but again i i think you have to be called Absolutely, and and sure. i think you've got because of the the ease that it is now i think you got a lot of people that are meant to be number two you know number three person in a church on staff mm-hmm. are now taking number one yeah and there's yeah. a lot of misfunction yeah because sure. that's not they were called to be mm-hmm. You know, so I, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think if you're if you're excited about the idea of becoming a pastor, you're doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> like like if if you're if you're if you're gonna go, well, yeah, you may have just not no experience yet. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and, and I told this to my to the congregation too. Like when they elected me as pastor, like th- this for me, this isn't a career choice. Yeah. Why? Why would this be a career choice? <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's it, it's a calling, and if it is a career choice, you're gonna you're gonna quit that career 
like you know for something weeks that, into something it. that pays better and yeah, has better benefits because it, it's, it's <laughs> it has to be a calling like it, it's got to be something that god is is pressing on you to just keep going because if you don't have that calling then you're gonna have no will to keep going yeah um I, i've definitely wanted to quit I mean, and I, I've only been the lead pastor here for maybe three months. Um, but like even before that, when I was the, the English pastor, like I was like, dude, I, I don't know if I want to, I don't even know if I want to become the, the lead pastor. And it's God saying, hey, this is what you're called to do. Keep, keep going. Because if it, the moment you stop, then you're, you're out, you're out of my purpose for you. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, pastorship is definitely, I've always said it's definitely a calling. And um, just to kind of give you my answer, it's pretty much what yours was uh, in regards to why do we need more church plants. Um, like you said, man, there's a lot of churches that are just not functioning, right? Um, they're not they're not community driven. They're they're not um, they're more internally focused, right? It's like it's just what what kind of programs can we have for ourselves, and what kind of activities can we do for ourselves, and let's continue preaching to ourselves. And it's like. Like, like why, you know? Yeah. Um, and so when you have that and, and, and you're just doing church within the four walls of, of your building, yeah. um, then there's, there's going to be someone else that comes in because that's, that's how, that's, that's the reason that, you know, people who have vision, um, they establish something like an organization or a church or a business. Yeah. They're trying to fill a need. Yeah. Right. And so for church pastors, uh, or, or, uh, plant pastors, they're trying to fill a void. They're trying to fill a need, whether it's in their community or their city or whatever it is. Um, and so there's just a lot of churches that, yeah, there, there might be a, a good number of churches, but a lot of them aren't functioning the way that they need to yeah. function. And, and I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying. And and um, also, like you said, I, I think there's, there's way more people, there's way more unchurched and unsaved people um, than there are churches. So, yeah. I mean, we're... We need, we need to step up our games uh, even more. And again, yeah. I, I never thought like that. I always thought, man, we have so many churches here, you know. And I, I think I was just kind of, um, I was affected by people wanting to just plant a church because they didn't like the leadership at their church. Yeah. And it, it kind of goes back to what you're saying, you know. People just want to be number one. Like, uh, I, I'll just go and make, you know, my own rules and my own thing, and I'll be, I'll be in charge, and I'll be the. Yeah. You know, that, that's not. I'll, how I'll, I'll be. do it better. Yeah, I'll do it better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's not the mentality that we're we're called to have. No. Um. So yes, Matt. I don't know if you have anything else to say. Any other words of wisdom that you want to spew at us? I mean, you know, I I just think. Um, you know, if you are, you know, if you do feel a calling on your life or maybe you're in the process of planning a church, um, you know, there's something I've dealt with a lot uh, recently, even, uh, you know, it's funny, my, again, my really good friend, Mike uh, Rosas, he always, he calls it uh, the imposter syndrome. And it's where I really, at certain points, I think, man, I'm fooling all these people. <laughs> like, everybody thinks I've got it together and I'm like, <laughs> you know, just like, like, man, I don't even know. I'm not qualified to yeah, do this. Not for sure. You know, and, 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 and thanks for agreeing with me. I'm not qualified. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, no, but, but I'm not qualified to do this. You know, and, and I'm sure even there are people probably out there and if they haven't heard about us yet and they see what's happening and they see things happen, I bet people are going to be frustrated as all get out because I have followed no exact process other than just following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we've done certain things. We've gotten advice. We've gotten counsel. And that's good stuff. I think you try things. You see how they work. That's good. See if they work for you. But at the same time, it's like, I almost feel like it's an anomaly. Like we, 
it's just like, well, that's not how you normally do it. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like, and so, um, I want to encourage those that are, are, you know, a little different, um, that that's okay. And, yeah. and be unique, be different. Uh, you are unqualified, yes, uh, but are. it's the Holy spirit that qualifies you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so in my, in my way of thinking, you know, I had a friend tell me that, you know, when I was telling him that as far as leading this church, I said, man, Honestly, I'm going to be real with you, man. I, I don't feel qualified at all. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm just totally dependent on the Holy Spirit and what God is doing. Right. I said, for every word, you know, for every next step, I was like, I'm so dependent on him because I don't know. Yeah. And and he was like, you know what? That encourages me because that tells me you're going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. He's like, because that's what we need to be. It's when you think you've got it all together. It's when you think you know everything. That's when you start right. to see the problems. That's when things start to fall apart because we can't. Yeah. You know, we got to be so dependent. I was asking actually Sunday morning, I preached the first sermon in the new space. And that was the sermon was, was, it was called blessed are the beggars. And it's, it's, you know, Jesus says, blessed are those that are poor in spirit, you know, for they inherit the kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Uh, and, and it, it's, it's so about blessed are those that are completely dependent on God mm-hmm. for everything. Mm-hmm. And so I was really challenging our team. Is that where we're at? Do you have a plan B for this? Or yeah. is this, are you all in? Because if God's called you to do it, and your dependence is fully on him. Mm-hmm. You have no plan B's. Yeah, yeah. You put everything in that basket, you know, and you and you go, that's you know, good. you go forward. So uh, that's all I would say is if you know you're out there and you're you're just thinking, man, I don't fit the mold, right. man, I don't, I'm awesome. You never, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, break the mold. Yeah. Get yeah. out there, do do something different, and love people. Uh, get back to the basics of what the Word of God says the church should be, yeah. and that's loving one another, loving the lost, and and changing the community. Yeah. You know, making disciples. So absolutely, man. And the reason I agreed with you was because I, I was just <laughs> having the conversation. I was just having the conversation today on our way over here, uh, me, me and Melissa, um, about how how we're not we're not qualified and we're, 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 we've been thinking about some, uh, to, you know, bringing other people as pastors on our team. And, and, you know, I was thinking, oh, I don't know if they're the right one for the job. And, yeah. and, and Melissa basically said, are, are we the right one for the job? You know, Question. and, and you it's know? like, yeah, like we're not, we're not, we're not called, we're not qualified. Um, and God is constantly molding us, right? And it's uh, it's just, it's going to be like that for forever as yeah. long as we're, we're in this position. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's really good. I, I think comparison too. Um, you know, I would say that just um, don't compare yourself to somebody else, yeah. uh, because I feel like people start out and they have an expectation, and I would come in with the expectation that we want to do what God wants. You know, I consider success. Uh, you know, scoring high on God's scorecard, yeah. not on man's. Amen. If they happen to correlate, that's cool. Like if success in man's eyes happens to correlate for a little while, success in God's eyes, cool. But ultimately I want success in God's eyes. Even if that's a hundred people, even that's 50 people, but I steward them well and I make disciples, they make disciples. People are loving, people are getting saved, people are getting healed. What's the narrative? It's not about the numbers, it's about the narrative. So I, I would... I would leave that out there too. Yeah. Just saying, yeah. you know, really, because I feel like that's easy to discourage yourself because I've been tempted to do the same thing. Well, where are we at compared to where they were at? Right. Where were we? And then sometimes I'll even feel good. I'll be like, Oh man, they got like nothing. Oh, like know, we got, I know, I know. <laughs> you know? it's like, it's like, wait a minute, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to is, check yourself. No, no, like, no. You you're know? celebrating their losses and their yeah, failures. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's not, uh, you know, that's not what we want to be about. Um, Absolutely. Don't be sure. All right, man. Thank you so much, bro. How, how can people find out more about you or connect with you? Um, you so, well, like the out. church is uh, risennationchurch.com and we're on 
uh, Facebook is RN, RN Church, and then Instagram is just Risen Nation Church. Uh, and then, you know, of course, my name is Matt Hammerski, which you can find Hammerski's Hammer and Sky together. <laughs> you type that in, you will find me immediately. <laughs> I'm literally the only one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, and all sorts of things going on. Lovebot, if you want to check that out, uh, we've Orphan Care Ministry that we're heavily involved with. Uh, we open this coming at the uh, beginning of May, I believe, is kind of where it looks like it's going to fall. Nice. Uh, but, man, there's, uh, there's nothing more worthy than uh, taking care of the orphan. Absolutely. Tell you. I feel you, man. All right, Matt. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, man, thanks we'll for having me. Definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, bro. God bless you, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.